0: Hi, welcome to the Imperial Healthcare Business Podcast. My name is Ibi Adedouwe, and your host for today is Selva Ramalingam. She'll be discussing all things AI and disrupting electronic healthcare record systems with Dr. Mohamed Alibashe, who is the CEO of HealthMe. He's a medical doctor by background with extensive clinical research and managerial experience. He has published and co-authored numerous scientific articles and book chapters, and he's regularly invited as a key speaker at international meetings. He holds an MD, a PhD, and an MBA from the Imperial College. We hope you enjoy listening. Welcome, Dr. Ali Bache. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we usually start with the background of the guests. Can you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Yes, thanks for having me here. Um, I'm a medical doctor by by background, I'm a digestive surgeon, Uh, I worked mostly in uh, Swiss University hospitals, Geneva and Lausanne, I have close to 10 years of uh, clinical experience and um, I was part of the uh, uh, 2020 um, MBA uh, class.
0: From being a medical doctor to branching out to MBA, um, can you tell the reason behind your pivot?
1: Uh, yes, um, so I decided to, I always had in mind, you know, the, the problem of uh, the burden of medical documentation. And I was thinking about a way to solve the, the problem and, and, and so on. I, and I was seeing you know, all the development in terms of artificial intelligence, machine learning, all the exciting things that were happening in, in that field. And I decided it was, you know, the right moment to start working on that. So um, I knew that Imperial you know, uh, was at the intersection of uh, medicine, engineering, and also business. And I didn't want to start from the business directly straight uh, out of the clinic and start working on the, on the, on the business without having you know, any uh, business background. So I decided to enroll uh, into the um, MBA program. And this is where I started working on the, on the idea. And in addition to that, you know, the uh, full-time, um, I mean, the MBA at Imperial College is really one of the best uh, in the world for uh, entrepreneurship. So that was another additional argument uh, to join the, the program, yeah.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> so is it fair to say you have several great ideas that you wanted to turn into execution and that's why yeah. you switched your career path?
1: Yes. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, uh, perhaps I was lucky to, to be able to do whatever I really liked. Um, I was Before that, I was also doing uh, quite a lot of research on uh, diabetes because that was really one, one field that uh, interested me most. I was working on uh, fundamental research, uh, clinical research as well uh translational research trying to apply what we found in the lab and and so on so i never put you know barriers into uh into into anything you know Uh, whenever i find some interest in in one field i always try to uh try to discover the field and try to to explore and try to to enter that, that field so um the business field um I remember I, I keep uh, I used to have you know ideas uh, everyone has ideas but uh, uh, even during my 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 med, during med school uh, I had quite some some ideas were discussing with uh, uh friends and, and and so on but we never really did the jump and we ne- we because when you start uh, working in medicine it's always um it's so it's so interesting and it it um it's a um, healthcare takes so much that sometimes you don't have time to explore other fields. and yeah, and I needed i I wanted to work on the, the problem of medical documentation and trying to solve that problem, but in order to do that, uh, I knew that working part-time on it would be quite difficult.
0: right yeah, it's it's a very intensive um, program, I completely agree. So, like you said, everyone has ideas but not everyone can turn their um, idea into successful, I mean, can successfully execute it. Can you share the details behind how you turned your idea into execution and um, what was the major stumble you faced during this process?
1: Um, So when I started I still remember it was at the beginning because I basically enrolled in the MBA program, as I say, to work on that, on that idea. But that idea wasn't clear. I knew there was a problem, you know, we, we used to call it paperwork, but what was the cause of the problem and where were the pain points in the whole process? It was quite difficult to understand that. So what I did is we started exploring the problem during almost every course of the MBA. <laughs> we started with uh, design thinking, you know, I proposed that project and I had different colleagues working with me on, on the idea. So uh, we went to the hospital, Imperial uh, College NHS stress, St. Moore Hospital, uh, we started to interview clinicians. And especially it, what, what was really important is to have an unbiased vision uh, of the problem, because obviously I knew the problem, but I needed to have another uh, perspective on the problem in order to find a proper solution. So um, my colleagues went to the hospital, they started to observe what was happening, you know, the different processes involved. In and we come up with different ideas, something like five ideas uh, to solve the, the different pain points. And finally, we're one specific one, um, which we're working on at the moment, which is the Help Me uh, solution.
0: That sounds great. Um, so. At what point during the execution did you pick your partners um, and where did you find your partners?
1: Um, So I found my partner all at Imperial. Um, So the two co-founders are from Imperial. The CTO was was also, uh, uh, he is a software engineer. He, He was also part of my cohort. And we met each other, I think the first week, I started pitching the idea, <laughs> first week really. <laughs> and went to the Enterprise Lab as well, you know, uh, basically using almost every resource that we, that we could. Um, and then I found the third co-founder as well uh, at Imperial, but he was a lecturer. And then, I mean, we were able to, to bring him on. He's also the, the president of the Digital Health Council. The Royal Society of Medicine mm-hmm. um, so he was interested by the the project and he joined um, as a co-founder okay and then I mean I mean the designer as well was material and, and and so on
0: so at the end of your MBA you were able to pull this through and start the company is, is that right
1: yeah we started uh I mean we we started really at the beginning of, of the MBA and we enrolled, uh, I mean, we, uh, we registered the company uh, during the MBA uh, at the beginning of the um, elective, which was the entrepreneurial journey. That's amazing. Uh, yeah we, we registered the company there. and we started working on the business uh, you know trying to understand the, the customers, uh, market analysis, uh, commercial validations and, and, and so on. And in parallel, after that, we uh, were part of the uh, summer accelerator program of the Entrepreneur's Lab. We started building the initial, um, first of all, the, the proof of concept, and then the first version of the, of the prototype.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So if you don't mind, um, can you tell us how you finance helped me?
1: So far, um, obviously, at the beginning, we uh, bootstrapped. We invested our own money uh, into, into the company. And after that, we received uh, investment from uh, Angels. And uh, we opened, two weeks ago, our proceed uh, round. Uh, so the objective is to start deploying our solution, increase our capability, and also um, distribute to our initial uh, customers.
0: So um, artificial intelligence seems to be taking over every sector now. How did you get interested in artificial intelligence just by reading, uh, like you said, or you thought the problem that you had in your hand, artificial intelligence is the way to go?
1: Um, To be be honest, um, it wasn't really the word artificial intelligence that uh, interested us. It was mostly trying to find a way to solve the problem of medical documentation. Um, We knew that we wanted to automate the process, and the best way to automate the process was uh, through machine learning and artificial intelligence. And um, this is where we started um, exploring those different aspects and those specialties within the artificial intelligence, which is natural language processing, natural language understanding, and, and, and so on. And from that, we started building different types of uh, models to sell, to, to serve uh, our products.
0: Now in your website, it says your platform generates medical reports using artificial intelligence. Um, can you explain how that works? I'm just um, curious because I, it says open the Help Me app. Um, it's listed, it says it, it records the conversation and generates reports, mm-hmm. is that right?
1: Yes yes so um what we know is that the burden of medical documentation there are different poses uh, and it's uh it's a process that have different steps which are problematic and what we wanted to do is to develop a product which is easy to use uh, and, and which doesn't really interfere with the medical workflow and how the consultation is conducted so the way we designed it is um We design the the solution is a mobile application uh, that you can download. And then at the beginning of the consultation, the clinician can just record the conversation and all uh, the data which is uh, acquired uh, during the consultation is processed in the cloud. And then the output is the medical report, uh, which is generated in a structured form as leaderships would do.
0: Wow, that's um that's pretty amazing because is there any other company that is doing this or is, are you the first one to do this?
1: So our approach is is unique um because we have a very good understanding of the whole process. Uh, we spend you know months and even years studying the, the process with the uh, Professor uh, Elena Steglini at Imperial, but also Professor Balo. Uh, and um, the thing is, we, we didn't want to create a simple uh, transcription tool as most of our competitors were doing, because just doing a speech-to-text engine wasn't really the point, because uh, imagine, <laughs> as, as a clinician, y- y- Recording the whole conversation without, with, with the patient, and then at the end you receive you know a very lengthy transcript It doesn't make sense; you won't spend the whole time you know reading all the all the transcripts, so we wanted to design a product that can serve clinicians and help them you know with all the the paperwork. This is why we uh, come up with with, uh, with our solution
0: so with the physicians open to being to recording the conversation sometimes? And also the patients, especially, because uh, did they think it's kind of invading their privacy since it's being recorded? What was your experience with that?
1: It's, it's very interesting because, um, you know, most of the, the trend, you know, the, the stakeholders that are pushing that trend are the, the patients. So even the BMG recommended, you know, they they have different guidelines. They've seen the trend of seeing patients, you know, recording the conversation for themselves uh, in order to better understand what happened and what has been said during the consultation. So the trend is is already uh, happening and it's the patient who are driving the the force and clinicians. we we haven't seen any any uh, resistance from from clinicians. Initially, the the main assumption from clinicians was that perhaps the patients you know would be the limiting factor in in here. But uh, what we found is that patients are uh, are willing you know to have this type of solution because they want to understand. And what we've seen also in our uh, initial studies is that 40 patients. Uh, 40% of the patients at the end of a consultation with a new diagnostic, they don't really understand what was happening. So they need often, you know, a third consultation to to be uh, more aware of the clinical situation. So this type of solution, you know, brings additional value to them.
0: Right. So there are two main steps here. One is capturing the actual conversation sometimes with accent it can be different or difficult yeah. I should say and the yeah. second one is from the conversation you want to derive you want to derive structured data that goes into yeah. like specific fields which can yeah. um, help with the generation of the report how do you overcome both steps
1: so the first one which is the uh, the accent problem at this stage, you know there are, there are many uh, automatic speech recognition tools. So for us, it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel. Uh, so there are so much uh, open uh, open source uh, uh, resources that we can we can use for for that, and also um, different type of solution for uh, for accents as well. So that problem, I mean, that was an initial problem, as you rightly mentioned. Uh, that was present for uh, NLP. But since then, a lot of solutions have been developed and are available for, for, for developers. And the other one is the structured aspects of the, of the data, which is a bit our secret sauce. <laughs> because this is where we, we build all the, uh, the different algorithms uh, for 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 the
0: whole product. Um, That's incredible. I'm I'm, I'm very impressed with um, how much we have seen improvements from like transcription to uh, just converting the data from paper to, you know, more systematic remote report to now, just yeah. recording the conversation and generating medical—that's that's very amazing. And that
1: specific and that specific process that you that that we've been just discussing, uh, we're in the process of uh, patenting it as well. Um, yeah, because it's really a unique process that we've developed.
0: Did you start with the specific disease? Because um, the words are going to be very different from um, department to department within the uh, medical system. Um, So, did you start incorporating, or is it like ICD-10, or uh, the dictionary, the entire dictionary, or did you start with a small project and then expanded it to other fields?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, ICD-10, as you said, uh, yeah, we've started quite broad. Um, Now, we're starting to enter uh, surgical specialties where there is more uh, variability as compared to uh, internal medicine subspecialties which is, I mean, the terminology, the terminology is quite straightforward in, in those type of specialties. But I mean, if you take the example of uh, orthopedics or uh, other type of surgery, you have so much variation within uh, specific entity that, uh, I mean, uh, we need to develop specific algorithms for, for that, for every uh, surgical specialty.
0: Right. So um, what is the accuracy of this recording and also the generation of the report?
1: So far, it's more than uh, 90, 95% of, of accuracy. Um, wow. Once again, it will depend on you know, slight variation depending on the, on the accent of the, of, the, of the person. But for English-speaking doctors, uh, it's close to 99% of accuracy.
0: Wow. And also the patients the accents of the patients are going to be very different from because they are going to be the larger population here looks like from what you're saying it's like one step ahead of what epic is actually doing so are you finally um you said it generates reports are you is it also going to be stored in a database is, is that the plan
1: um at the moment all uh, all the data are stored in the uh, in, in the cloud and the the next step would be to to integrate in electronic medical record systems. And we've already started a collaboration with a global AMR provider, and we've started processing some of their uh, audio files. Uh, yeah, just just recently.
0: Okay, but I'm just curious. So when you said uh, it's stored in the cloud, uh, do you mean the report is uh, stored in the cloud, or um, the structured data is
1: stored in the cloud? All the data. Okay. I mean, the, all the data. The
0: recording data, and know. the report and everything. So now yes. You're, yes. you're planning to um, convert it into an electronic format and, okay. Um, yeah, because
1: the objective, the objective is, you know, to, clinicians and patients should be able to move uh, wherever they want. I mean, it, there, there should be no restriction in accessing the data wherever you are. So this is really the, the, the best way to, to approach it. And um, at the moment, we've started a collaboration with the EMR provider that is also cloud-based. So that simplifies everything and that simplifies, you know, access to data and patient empowerment and also solving the the problem uh, that that we're working on.
0: I was just going to ask you that. So who can access your platform, the patients and the physicians or um, how does that work? Also, is it open to the administrator? administrative within the uh, hospital system as well?
1: So at the moment, we developed uh, two interfaces, the patient and the uh, clinician interfaces. Uh, the objective is, um, because the data at the end, they, they belong to the patients. Um, from a medical legal point of view, this is uh, data that belongs to the patient. And what we want to do is provide value to patients and, and clinicians at the same time. Um, because when you think about uh, medical documentation, as I said earlier, there are different problems in the, in the whole process. And one of the problems is accessing the data about the patients. Because imagine you go to an emergency department, uh, you see a patient for the first time, most of the patients that are hospitalized are elderly patients with very long lists of comorbidities, treatments, very long past medical history. And most of them, they, they can't remember, you know, what they had and, and, and so on. So with our solution, we're mitigating that aspect. So by, having, by giving access to the patients, to, to the health me, um, clinician can, not patient, but also clinician can directly access information about the, the patients.
0: So they would be able to upload their previous records as well to make it up, up to date? Is, is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, the objective on the long term is to be able to integrate all the data about the patient uh, and create an electronic patient record uh, on, on HealthMe. But at the moment, we, uh, we provide only on medical documentation. But the next step of development will be to, to integrate different aspects like, uh, you know, radiology, lab results, and, and, and so on.
0: So is it a PDF currently?
1: no. This yes. is, uh, now it's, it's it's very interesting. Okay, uh, okay, yeah, so they can, can actually see can. it in
0: the screen, okay.
1: Yes, they, they, they see it on the screen, they can uh, click on the, the different problems, they, they can get insights and, and so on. And for clinicians, it's exactly the same thing. Uh, you have the medical problems that are, are present, they are highlighted, we're able to characterize, to not only identify the problem, characterize them, You uh categories and then the the summary is 100 percent customized depending on what is relevant for for the clinician
0: that, that's great so um when you started i'm sure uh, the accuracy must have been um a little lesser than what you have right now how long did it take for you to improve and work on the data to um tune the model or improve the model okay. 18
1: months from um proof of concept to uh the product that we that we have now.
0: And how many um, clinics did you work with while you were? At
1: the moment, we um, we have uh, we have ten hospitals that are waiting for our solution, but we we have some uh, legal aspects that we that we want to, to work that we're working on, and especially also the uh, the IP that I mentioned um, earlier. So before releasing to our uh, hospital partners, we want to finalize those aspects.
0: Right. So privacy is a major concern these days, and you said you store your records in cloud. Um, How do you protect patients' data? And um, that's one of the
1: major Hmm. concerns. Yeah, Privacy is very important. It's also important for us because our own business uh, depends on and relies on privacy and and confidentiality. Uh, And what we want to do with HealthMe is guarantee the highest standards in terms of uh, privacy and and confidentiality. So all the services that we're using, the cloud services are GDPR compliant and they also comply to the highest standards. So um, before releasing to uh, our NHS partner, we'll be uh, complying to uh, a uh, different nhs uh, framework as well
0: okay so most of your clients are based in uk currently in, is that correct yes okay so i think basically... um, except,
1: uh, yeah um, uh, as i as i told you we have this collaboration that i started with this global amr provider so they're based in, in many countries uh, okay but mostly in uh, in developing countries
0: That's the cloud-based system?
1: Yes.
0: Okay, so like you briefly mentioned, um, there's going to be legal issues behind um, using this software in various countries. For example, I think even within the United States, um, it varies from state to state whether the patient has access to data or not. So how are you planning to go about addressing those issues?
1: And within Europe,
0: I'm not sure how that works either.
1: There was a law that was uh, that that just was enacted few few months ago in the U.S. That that, that was saying basically that every patient should have access to to their uh, patient record, and I think that was at the national level, okay. perhaps. Um, but I mean, yeah, obviously there are some specificities, but the trend uh, in 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 Europe, but also in the in the U.S. is to give patient access to their uh, electronic medical records. Uh, in, in Europe, there are already countries like Estonia and so on that have access, direct access to their, to their EMRs. And uh, UK and other uh, countries like Netherlands are uh, trying to, to catch up with the, with Estonia, but the trend is already in that, moving in, in that direction. And I think it's very important because once again, the data belongs to the patients. Absolutely. And I mean, it's not normal for patients, you know, to not be informed about, you know, their health conditions and not having access to them. Even as a clinician, you know, sometimes I ask my, my relatives, you know, if they have access, what, what do they have? They don't know, you know, and I can't help them. You know, this is a big problem.
0: For starters, I think it may be easier to... Not for everyone, but at least for some of them, uh, it may be easier to get, like, say, second opinion from others, from people they know. And, you know, currently it, it's not very easy to um, do that.
1: Yeah, but they need to understand what they're having. They that need extreme. to understand the diagnosis. You know, they understand their own something, but they don't know what the clinician was saying, you know, what diagnosis they came up with.
0: Right. I mean, right. if it's
1: something new, if it's something new, obviously. I mean, if, if it's something which, which they're already aware of, I mean, obviously they, they know it, but for something new, sometimes um, in my, uh, in my uh, experience, uh, it's, it's quite difficult.
0: Right, I, I totally agree with that. Hmm. So who are your competitors right now? And um, are you planning to collaborate with bigger clients like Epic in the future or what is your plan?
1: I mean, yes, we're open to every sort of type of uh, collaboration because, at the end, what we want to do is to uh, solve a problem which affects clinicians worldwide. And if we can find partners that are also uh, driven by by the same mission uh, as we do, I mean, we're always open to to collaborate because, at the end, we want to have we have to we want to create, obviously a product which is useful to them, but we want as well to solve the, the, the issue. So everyone who has the same mission, I mean, is more than welcome to, to collaborate with us.
0: Uh, I just want to clarify one thing. The patient's report, is it going to be different than what the doctors can see? Or is it going to be the same?
1: Um, the, way, the way we saw it is there are different features, obviously. But the the one that we call the consultation features is a summary of the consultation. And that summary is the same for clinician and and patient. And it's based on the clinician summary.
0: Okay, how has COVID impacted your business?
1: To be honest, uh, uh, it it had mostly a positive impact. It facilitated a lot of things. Um, It's good to hear. Yeah, yeah exactly it facilitated access you know to uh, to people uh yeah i mean everything was way easier for example you know now you can reach out to uh, different stakeholders easily you can have an e-meeting as we're having now uh, even the the tech team has been i mean we we set up remotely since the beginning and they they started working already remotely. So it hasn't impacted uh, product development uh, that much. On the other hand, uh, market access and and so on was uh, facilitated. There was just an episode in in May that impacted negatively when we had, you know, the- the, Delta variant. Yeah, exactly, the Delta variant that was appearing. Um, Because we have some of the technical team who's based in India, And the situation was really dramatic there. So yeah, hopefully no one uh, lost anyone in our team. Um, But yeah, the situation was quite bad.
0: So you said you're trying this app in other countries too. So I'm Mm -hmm. guessing here that it still works only as long as English is the main language of the conversation?
1: Yes. Yes. It's English-speaking countries at uh, at the moment.
0: So can you tell us what countries you're working with currently?
1: Uh, there is uh, African countries, uh, Ghana and, and, and Kenya. Um, we receive some audio files from, from those countries. And um, we will expand. Um, because as I said, uh, from the moment that, that our partner enters different markets, we have access to those different uh, markets. So that they're working on Indian market as well, Indonesia and, and, and so on.
0: That's, that's amazing that you were you're able to do this in what, you graduated in 2020? Yes. yes. It's, it's not even a year. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. But can you tell us some of the biggest challenges and opportunities you have faced in your career so far?
1: I mean, I can tell you uh, the biggest challenge uh, that helped me, perhaps. So the biggest challenge was, I think, it's mostly finding the right people. Finding the right talent is, I mean, it's extremely difficult, uh, especially, you know, for cutting edge technology as as ours. Um, I can tell you when we're moving from prototype one to prototype two, we had very, very tough technical uh, problems that we needed to solve. We interviewed more than, and we started working with close to 20 people and out of all those people, I mean, we just found the last guy, I mean, obviously 19 didn't work out even though they had very impressive CDs and, and, and so on. But for the specific problems that we we're trying to, to solve, um, it was extremely difficult. So the 20th uh, person was the right person. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to find the, the right people.
0: Absolutely. Can you talk about your future goals?
1: So the objective is to um, extend and to uh, to distribute our solution to uh, uh, the ten NHS trusts that we that we're working with, um, and then it will be to uh, to start the full product rollout from uh, 2023. Initially, uh, next year we plan to work with those NHS trusts, and then from 2023 expand to the whole uh, UK market. And then on the longer term, from uh, 2024, we would like to enter the, uh, the American market.
0: So what is the best and worst part of being an entrepreneur, in your opinion?
1: I think they're, they're both linked together. Um, it's the, the, the best one is, obviously, you have uh, freedom to, to operate, to decide uh, when you want to work and, and, and so on. But since it's your business, you know. Uh, it's quite difficult to disconnect. It's like the two faces of the same coin, um, if I may. You have that freedom, but then how you manage that freedom is quite uh, tricky.
0: What is your advice for students like us who is contemplating entry into the healthcare AI space?
1: Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very exciting, and I think the the trends uh, at the moment are and the capabilities, the technology, the way it's evolving, and um, the traction which is created, and especially you're based in London. London for healthcare startup is, is the first in the world. I mean, it's even ahead of uh, the Silicon Valley. So ha- so you have in London, the density of healthcare startup, which is just amazing. Uh, and I think it's, it's like the 2000, you know, internet bubble which is happening not in a bad sense but i mean you have so many projects so many startups that are uh taking place and that are created uh, at this stage so there is a lot of excitement this is i think this is the best way to to enter that uh the, that industry
0: thank you thanks again for taking your time and sharing your um experiences and um also your um, about Help Me app. It's incredible what you have done in a, such a short time frame and um, looking forward to hearing more about your company. Thanks
1: and best yeah. wishes. Thanks a lot for having me and uh, yeah, it, was, it was my pleasure.
0: Thank you likewise.